best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, I wanted to do like a cute, quick, little informal introverty chat with you guys. I do not have anything super specific in mind, like a topic for the week. So I just kind of want to talk about several things that have been churning around in my brain. For example, we're going to talk about a championship mindset. We're going to talk about something wildly disrespectful that someone did to me over the past two weeks. We're going to talk about my antidepressant journey. We are going to be talking about reframing how I feel about my current writing situation. We're going to be talking about organizing. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. So stick around. We're going to get into it. But before we do... You know the drill. As always, we're going to do our customary mental health check. You're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, I feel like I'm sitting at a five. Is anyone else shocked? I am. I, in the two years I've done this podcast, I don't think that I've been at a five this consistently ever. Is it the antidepressants? I don't know. If so, I'm into it, right? To me, I don't feel like it's a false sense of happiness or contentment. It just feels like I am myself and I'm not stressing about things that don't need to be stressed about. Like, it's not that serious sometimes. And it's hard for me to remember that, which means that I stress myself out for no reason. So I'm sitting at a five. I'm not going to shame myself for feeling that way. I am going to just enjoy it because there's nothing wrong with feeling good. Do not forget that this is also your time and your opportunity to check in with yourself, ask yourself how you're really doing, and no matter if you're feeling horrible or if you're feeling amazing, everything from one to five and anything in between is 100% okay, okay? We are not shaming ourselves here at the You're So Quiet podcast. We are only nurturing our mental health, and one thing that shame is not going to do is nurture anything, okay? So check in with yourself, be honest with yourself, and do not shame yourself because it's not helpful. While you are thinking about that, I'm going to give you my recommendation for the week. I do have one good one, so we're just going to stick with one today because I know I'm going to be jumping around a little bit in the topics, but I love a good reality show, as you know. I also love a good reality competition show that's like wholesome and stuff. Nailed It currently is not live on Netflix, like they don't have any new seasons, but there is this show called Is It Cake? And they dropped their second season, I think last month or maybe just a few weeks ago. And it is incredible. The premise of the show is that these bakers make cakes that look like real life objects. And they bring in celebrity judges who try to guess which one is the cake and which one is the real object. This past season, there is one person in particular, I'm not going to tell you who because I'm not going to spoil anything, but this person, their creations are absolutely incredible, indistinguishable from the real life object, absolutely amazing. I would commission a cake from this person. I highly recommend watching this. It is wholesome. It is funny. You're rooting for people. It's not like a cutthroat competition show. It's like very wholesome and nice and a good breather from whatever 
Netflix drama you're currently watching because we all know that we kind of get wrapped up in the dark shows like Obsession and whatever and they're fun but you kind of need a little palate cleanser okay is it cake 2 is the show like T-O-O that's what they did for the second season I don't know why they didn't just add it a season but whatever it's very good it's very wholesome it's fun to watch easy to binge highly recommend So with all of that behind us, let's just get into what I want to talk about this week. And I will just start with the championship mindset. Now, if you are friends with me, you know that I watch Formula One. I watch every race, every Sunday. My husband and I have a whole ritual and routine about it. Like, this is our thing. So we watch Formula One every Sunday. And... On Saturdays, sometimes there's something called a sprint, which is like a mini race. And before the sprint, there's something called a sprint shootout, which is where the racers compete to see who's going to be lining up where, like who's lining up first, second, third, etc. So there's this one guy who has been dominant this entire season, has literally won, I think, every single race this season. It's annoying. His name is Max Verstappen. I'm not a huge fan of his personally because of what I'm going to talk about here today, but he is undeniably the fastest driver on the grid. Like, you have to give respect where respect is due. Like, he is very good at what he does. Now into why I'm not a fan of his personally. So, during the sprint shootout, he was trending toward qualifying 10th like he would be starting in 10th place for the sprint this coming from someone who I don't believe has started any further back than maybe second on the grid out of 20 mind you okay there are 20 cars on like the start line and he's only started first or second I think maybe he started in the back one race because of mechanical issues but that's unrelated So it was looking like he was going to qualify 10th for the sprint. And this man chewed out his engineer. The engineer is the person on the radio that the drivers talk to and communicate with the team through and tells them like when to come into pit and is just like the point of contact kind of thing. So Max chews out his engineer. And as it turns out, the sprint shutout goes on. He qualifies first and apologizes to his engineer for chewing him out. Now, I have several issues with this. First of all, on Instagram, people were talking about the reason that Max was chewing out his engineer is the championship mindset or the champion's mindset. Like he is so laser focused on winning, he will tear down anyone who stands in his way. The thing is, is that the engineer is not responsible for what's happening on the track right now, and I cannot do anything right now for you, okay? Second of all, if it was the engineer's fault, then you would have qualified 10th. However, it kind of seems like maybe you weren't able to hook up the car like you normally are and took out your frustrations with yourself on your engineer because you did end up qualifying first. So it's not like there was anything wrong with the car, okay? My major issue with this though is this idea that to be a champion, you have to be a jerk. 
And I don't think that that's true. I do think that it is a common trend, okay? I've heard rumors. I don't know how much fact there is to it because I'm not really into sports, to be quite honest with you. But I've heard rumors that, for example, Michael Jordan, who is arguably one of the best basketball players of all time, is a jerk. And he was a jerk on the court and during his reign as like a super powerful player, right? And again, like this is a common trend, but I do not think it is a necessity. I think to be a champion, you have to be focused. You have to be driven. You have to be hardworking. But that doesn't mean that you have to be mean to people. I think that kindness sometimes is seen as a weak quality. And that's problematic to me because I do my best. I don't always succeed, okay? I do my best to always be kind because I feel like what I put out into the world is what I'm going to receive. So if I put out kindness, I'm hoping to receive kindness like generally as the overarching theme of my life, okay? Now, if I was a champion soccer player, would I be a jerk? I don't think so because like that's just not who I am and I understand that you know like it's important to focus yourself and sometimes you you have to do the things that other people are not willing to do to be a champion. I get that but I do not think that a bad attitude is one of those requirements. I think it's just an excuse for bad behavior. It's like, oh, he's just a champion. Like, that's just how he behaves. No, I think you're just kind of mean, you know? And I feel like if Max were a kind person, a level-headed kind of person, he would be far more popular even than he is even now. Like, he is, again, the top driver on the grid. Like, he has won every race, I think every race this season in 2023. So imagine how much more popular he would be if he was actually a nice dude. When I went to the race in Miami, I went to a Formula One race in person, and when Max's name was announced, the whole stadium is booing, okay? It is, and I, like, I kind of feel bad for the guy, you know? Like, you have a stadium of over 100,000 people booing you because of who you are. Like you're you're putting down the times and you are winning the races, but people still don't like you. And like, you don't have to do everything to be liked. But again, like imagine how much easier your race weekend would be if you didn't have to learn how to block out all the boos. The point of this is that when you are famous or when you gain popularity or power or clout or whatever, you don't have to be a jerk. You can still just be nice, okay? And I think that that will actually contribute to your success rather than take away from it. And that's something that we don't really talk about very often. On the subject of kindness, let's talk about something wildly disrespectful that someone did. So you know that I went on a road trip to Canada and back, okay? On the way to Canada, my husband and I were going to pass through Buffalo, New York, which was on the way, but the airport's really not on the way. We were going to pass through Buffalo, New York at the airport, pick up a friend of ours, and then we were all going to go to Canada's Wonderland together. 
like Canada's Wonderland is their roller coaster park in Canada, okay? So we arranged our stops and our travel times specifically though so that we could be in Buffalo at 6 a.m. on I think it was a Saturday maybe a Friday Thursday I don't remember at 6 a.m. on whatever day it was to pick up this person when their flight landed so two days before we were supposed to pick up this person she goes dark okay through Instagram through text like we can't like she's not responding to messages to me, I'm like, maybe she's getting stuff ready. She has kids. Maybe she's just busy. Like, people are busy. That's fine. We don't have to talk every day. But she's like, okay, that's kind of weird because she'd been very chatty beforehand. And so two days pass. It is literally 6 a.m. on the day that we were supposed to pick her up. And she finally responds to a message. The message that was sent was from Donovan, my husband. And he's like, we just need to know if you're coming or not. And he sent this at like 2.30 in the morning, last ditch, because like we don't want to leave you at the airport if you're flying in. Like, are you still coming? Because it's kind of starting to seem like you're not kind of thing. 6 a.m., this person responds. She says, good morning, I am not. That's it. No, my bad, no sorry, no nothing. And... Okay, here is the thing. If for whatever reason you changed your mind, didn't want to come, you couldn't find a babysitter, you, I don't know, you just didn't feel like it, all of this is fine. But what's disrespectful and unkind to me is waiting till literally when we're supposed to be picking you up. Like, it seems like you had an alarm set to wake up and let us know, oh, I'm not coming when we were supposed to be picking you up. Like, you could not have told us the night before even because I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning so that we could come pick you up. And I was so irritated because I'm like, I've never met this person before. This is a friend of Donovan's. I was going to meet her for the first time during this trip. And I was like, yo, we are never going to meet. I'm never going to be your friend. And, like, she probably doesn't care. But to me, I'm just like, that is wild that someone would do that. I was, I was genuinely dumbfounded. When I read the message, I was like, am I still asleep? Like, did I dream getting up and taking a shower and taking all my vitamins and stuff? I was awake. And she said, good morning. I am not. Don't hit me with the good morning. Don't pretend to have this... I don't know, this like kindness, good morning. Girl, no, not good morning. Just say no. That would have been fine. No, period. And that would have been the same energy as good morning, I am not. It was wild and threw off the whole day because I was I was in a mood. I was in a mood. I'm not going to lie. I am not someone who likes to get up early at all. And I really get irritated with rudeness, especially rudeness that is 100% avoidable, okay? For example, putting away your, your cart at the grocery store, super easy, not a problem. Leaving it for someone, I mean, it's rude, it's irresponsible, it, I, why? Why do this? And that is how I feel about her 6 a.m. text of good morning, I am not. You've got to be kidding me. 
okay? So the day is messed up because I'm tired, I'm cranky, I'm now hungry way earlier than normal because I woke up way earlier than normal, throws off my whole body clock, and I'm not into it. I'm not into it, I'm not into it. This brings me to the next thing I would like to discuss, and that is my antidepressant. Overall, having a great time on the antidepressant. I don't have any side effects unless I take it an hour or two late, okay? I take it in the morning now because it kept me up all night till two or three in the morning, and then I fall asleep, and then I wake up at 6 a.m., only get three hours of sleep? Absolutely not. So I started taking it in the morning, but I don't wake up at the same time every morning. Sometimes I wake up at seven, sometimes I wake up at 10. I try to take it between eight and nine, okay? If I don't take it in that window, I can feel it. Like in my head, I can feel it. I don't know how to describe the feeling. It kind of feels like almost lightheadedness, but not. And it's like, oh, you haven't taken your medicine yet. Go take that right now. And honestly, it keeps me keeps me on it, keeps me on track. And I'm, I'm not mad at it, to be honest. The only other thing that I experience, which isn't really a side effect of the medicine, like when I take it, I don't feel anything. But I've noticed that when I am tired, which is something that really affects my depression, if I'm tired, I feel even more tired than I feel like I normally would. I feel kind of like sad and off and just generally discombobulated if I haven't gotten enough sleep. If I get enough sleep, I am good to go. I don't need coffee. I am awake. I'm ready to roll in the morning, okay? No telling what time in the morning. (laughs) Usually between 9 and 10 is when I'm like, all right, I'm awake. I'm ready. But if I don't get enough sleep, no matter like if I take my medicine on time or not, I am just messed up for the rest of the day. And it's kind of weird because my medicine, like it kind of wakes me up. So I am fatigued, but not sleepy. So that's a problem. So I just have to get enough sleep, which genuinely not the worst thing in the world. Okay. I've always been someone who needs a lot of sleep. I need a solid nine hours. I can scrape by with eight hours. If I get 10, even better, but nine is the sweet spot for me. You might be different, you know, like you might get on an antidepressant and you actually function better on less sleep than you used to. And that'd be great. And to be honest, I am functioning on less sleep than I used to because I used to sleep 10 hours a night and then I would take a two hour nap during the day. Now, if I get a solid eight hours, nine preferred, uh, I'm good to go. I'm good. So I don't know. It affects everyone differently, but I'm, I'm really happy with how it's going so far. I have an appointment um, coming up here and I'm going to talk to my doctor about increasing my dosage. I think that it will be beneficial to me. I don't want to increase it too, too much because I don't want to like have the effects kind of go the opposite direction. But I think bumping up to like the actual therapeutic dose would be helpful for me depression wise. And it is actually helping my vertigo. So I, in the past um, three weeks, I've had one episode and that is the best that it has been in two years. So 
I'm not mad at it. I feel more myself than I feel like I felt in a long time. I have the energy to do things that I want to do. I am not as much of a hermit as I was previously. It's kind of interesting to see how much my personality has been affected by my depression. It's a little bit sad, kind of, thinking about it, because I'm thinking, like, if I had been on antidepressants in my early 20s, my college experience probably would have been different. My relationships probably would have been different. But you know what? It is what it is. And I've discovered it now in my early 30s, and I'm thriving. So if you have been thinking about antidepressants and you think they might help you, talk to your doctor. You know, like they can test it out with you. I know there are, I think it's a genetic test that can tell you which ones are most likely to work best for you based on your genetics and your chemistry. So yeah, just talk to your doctor and and see what will work for you, you know? Again, I've talked about this before, but I genuinely understand the fear of antidepressants, particularly when one of the main side effects is increased thoughts of like suicide or self-harm and things like that. That is literally what we're trying to avoid. We do not want that. But while that's possible and likely for some people, maybe it's just like certain medicines that'll do that to you. Everyone's body reacts so differently. So just talk to your doctor. As a reminder to everyone listening, I'm obviously not a doctor. This is just my experience. So if you want to get started on something, again, for the final time, talk to your doctor, whether that's a therapist, a psychiatrist, I think is the one that prescribes medicine, or your general physician. And this brings me to my next topic. This is a flowing really nice. I didn't plan this at all. So I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm into it. This brings me to how I've been able to reframe my search for an agent and a publisher. So I told you, I think a couple months ago now, that I got some interest on the Twitter pitch contest. And I sent in my, my manuscript that's what it's called, my manuscript to the publishers and the agents that were interested. And I haven't heard back yet. And it's kind of one of those things where it takes three to six months. And I know this, but it's also frustrating for me because I am very impatient and I want to be the best at something immediately. I want to be good yesterday. You know, I want my contract yesterday. But I'm trying to reframe this because just waiting and checking my inbox every day, like fanatically refreshing, is not helpful to anyone. And it just creates this sense of stress within myself that is not serving me in any way, shape or form. So instead of doing that, I have somehow been able to reframe this period of free time, we'll call it. I believe that my time is coming. I can feel it in my bones. I don't know how I am certain about it, but I am certain that my time is coming. And I have been gifted this period of free time, quote unquote, to enjoy and relax and take advantage of before I am booked with 
book tours and deadlines and meetings and all this stuff that I can feel is going to come with finding like my perfect agent and my perfect publishing house. And of course, the Netflix series that will come later. I am manifesting all of this. And I feel it. I feel that it's coming. So I don't need to rush the universe or whatever. I just need to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to work on my next book. I need to focus on getting my mental health right and getting my mind right for dealing with these challenges that are going to come. And it's going to be challenging. Like, let's not pretend that it's not. It's going to be an adjustment. You know, it's going to be tough at first. But in being gifted in and in being able to look at this time as a gift, I'm able to fall asleep in the pool, for example. Genuinely, I have not been able to achieve that level of relaxation in two years. <laughs> okay. I, like, it's not to say that I don't relax every day. I do. But it's like over the past two years, I have been slowly compounding and building up my anxiety about nothing. Like, there isn't anything in my life right now that is mission critical. I am financially stable. I am mentally stable. I have a good support system around me. Like, there is nothing mission critical in my life right now. Nothing. And I need to acknowledge that and be grateful for it because even though I have this expectation of myself of being the best and of being the best yesterday, I also need to acknowledge that it's not just going to work out like that all the time. I was one of those like gifted children or whatever to where everything came easy for me in school and I feel like that was great as a child, but now as an adult, I'm kind of unlearning that expectation. And maybe next week we'll talk about expectations because I think that it can really rob you of the beauty of some moments. The fact that I can spend two to three hours floating in the pool, reading or sleeping, and not have like anything slip through the cracks, I'm not missing out on anything, I'm not neglecting any of my responsibilities... Like, that is a great thing, and I would be foolish not to take advantage of it. And this is also giving me a, a chance to organize my life, okay? I am historically a very messy person. I wish that I was a super clean person. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like a medium clean person, okay? There's no, like, trash everywhere, but there's clutter everywhere, particularly in my closets. If I can shut a door and not look at the clutter, uh, it will stay cluttered forever. So I'm giving myself projects during this time. In addition to like growing the podcast and doing my writing and taking care of my clients and obviously like taking care of my house and stuff, I am doing like a full reorg of my closet. My closet is a disaster zone at the moment. Uh, literally can't walk in there. The floor is covered. So I need to go through and decide which clothes to donate, which clothes to give to a friend of mine, uh, what to throw away. And then I'm going to just organize everything because I'm tired of going in there and hoping that my husband doesn't walk behind me and see the absolute trash pile 
that is my closet. It's embarrassing, okay? I'm not going to post a picture of it because it is humiliating, but just know that my closet looks terrifying. So in this time where I have the time to be floating in the pool for three hours, I also have the time to acquire some organizational stuff, like some storage boxes and hangers and all sorts of things, and clean out my closet. You know, I haven't done this in years and it shows. The fact that I don't have an organizational setup in my closet is I feel like why it has ended up that way. And for me, my mental health can be reflected in my closet, particularly. When I was a when I was a child and a teenager, if my room was messy, my head was messy. And so coming out of I I suppose I've been in a fog of depression for like 10 years and didn't realize it, which is also a little depressing, but okay. As I'm coming out of that and I'm feeling more like myself and I have all this energy, this is a perfect time to kind of revamp the things in my life. I am cleaning out my closet. I'm getting organized. I am cutting off all my hair. (laughs) I know this sounds like somewhat of a mental breakdown discussion but it's not like I just I genuinely feel like I am coming into myself I am able to do the things that I've been fearful of doing like going through my closet I have a lot of things in there that I've only kept because of the memory attached to them I have a lot of clothes and stuff that remind me of my friend that died and they don't fit me anymore and I don't really like them anymore but I'm holding on to them because of the memory attached. And I feel like it's time to let go of that. You know, with my hair, I'm someone who's always changed my look over and over. And I just, I feel like it's time. Like it feels like I am ready for a fresh start, you know, and I'm excited about it. I'm into it. I'm excited about it. And I'm just going forward with it. I'm not going to shame myself. I'm not going to overthink it too much. Like, this is just part of being a person, is reinventing yourself. So all of that to say, if you are feeling like you're coming into yourself too, but you're kind of having this feeling like, what are people going to think of me? Or what if XYZ doesn't like this? Or should I do this? If it's been on your mind and it's constantly on your mind, if it would make you feel good about yourself, if it is a positive step forward, in your outward life or your inward life, do it. Do it. It does not matter what people say. It doesn't matter who likes it and who doesn't. If you like it, then that's good enough. I've seen a lot of shows with people who dress really flamboyantly, with people who have crazy color hair and it's like buzz cut or cut really crazy. And I've, I kind of like admire that because you have a level of freedom of self-expression that I envy, genuinely envy, because even though I'm coming into myself, I still have that little voice in the back of my head like, ooh, what if someone says something? Or what if this person doesn't like it? Or what if this is a negative thing? I am slowly unlearning that, slowly but surely. And I'm going forth with the things that excite me regardless of that voice. And I think that that is a great step for me. And it would be a positive step for you too, listening to this. It's important for us to 
find ourselves. And I feel like that is the point of life is to find out who you are, what you're meant to do and do the thing. So with all of that being said, we are about the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me for this random introverted chat. I just love chatting with you guys and I had a lot on my mind. So thank you for listening. If you are feeling extra nice, you can always leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're not already, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and or TikTok or both. And I will talk to you all next week. Okay, love you. Bye.